Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the Earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! <laughs> Boy, you are not ready. Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight. Okay. This is Current Gen, episode 18. I'm your host tonight, Derek. Not going to give you my last name in case you try to get me fired from my job for being a racist. Teague. Oh, wait, I did. Uh, and then I am co-hosting with, you can introduce yourself, the other guy. It's Daniel. Tim's not here. Dad's away. We do whatever the hell we want. Oh, yeah. This show's going to be stupid. We're also, probably not going to have a lot of people listening. But it's also, okay. I just want to throw out that, that Hamilton sucks. <laughs> oh, oh, this is all natural. I didn't even write this in the notes. I yeah. was supposed to watch that track. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I see everyone's all ha- like, yeah, Hamilton, woo! And I'm like, I don't get it. What, oh, this was hilarious. So here's the thing. First of all, I don't like plays. <laughs> oh, okay? I, well, plays are fine. Musicals are different. Well, I don't like plays, Okay. really, but I don't hate them. I hate okay. musicals. Yes. But this one's, to me, even worse because it's, it's a, uh, oh gosh, I'm screen sharing? No, I don't want to screen share. Okay, um... This one's worse because I didn't realize it's 99% rapping. Right. So Which rap start, is terrible. So they start rapping as they're right. doing their lines. And I'm like, some of them didn't even rhyme, too, which was stupid. And I was just <laughs> like, this is the dumbest thing ever. So I'm about 30 minutes in. and I Oh, so not, you did start watching. Okay. No, I watched the whole thing. Oh, well, you except did? Except for when I fell asleep. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so I had to watch it with my wife, and she was excited for it because she saw the play when it came here in, in Florida. So she went and saw it on Valentine's Day, which gave me the, the day off on Valentine's Day. That was good because I did not. <laughs> I, um, wish so I, had Jeff, I wish we had Jeff here because he's the one right now that like has been very like clearly excited. And like I need someone to explain to me why they like this. I don't get it. I uh, do Jeff not. Because he has absolutely horrendous, terrible taste. <laughs> well, like, that's objective, but I mean. <laughs> yeah, well, usually that would be subjective, but. Or I mean subjective, Jeff, yes. Sorry. Yes, normally it would be subjective, but when I'm talking about Jeff, it's no longer an opinion. It's actually a fact that he has terrible taste. <laughs> so anyways, uh, so once they started rapping, I was like, oh my gosh. So I ended up falling asleep about 30 minutes in and then woke up like 30 or 40 minutes later thinking it was going to be nearing the end and then i checked my phone because i was playing it off my phone but sharing it on my screen on my uh, big screen and i checked and i'm like oh my gosh are you serious i was like i looked at my wife i was like we're only halfway through there's another an hour and 20 minutes she's like yeah it's really long but it's good (laughs) you don't like it (laughs) i mean to be fair most plays and musicals are long so i i had no clue so yes. anyway, so I'm glad you you feel the same. We both I, hated it. I just yeah. I've said before I don't like rap music, and that's it. You know that's I just don't like it. It, it I listen to metal and like rap and metal are a, like complete opposites to me. Like 
no offense anybody likes rap but i i kind of feel like anybody could really like do rap if they wanted to like really tried really hard like even derek here could rap probably but like you actually need talent to do rock music metal that sort of thing like you need to be talented to play an instrument or sing or scream like rap and it also just sounds good i only actually like rap with with rock like well, like Lincoln Park is like an exception to the rule for me. Lincoln Park, yeah. Uh, and then even this newer band that I've been listening to, they're pop punk, but they do like they did a cover of an actual rap rap, uh, rap song, but mm. they did did it pop punk, and that is uh, Point North or North Point or something like that. Anyways, I really like them, and they, I was like loving because it was kind of like a Sum Forty One thing. I was like, oh, this yeah. takes me back to Sum Forty One when they used to rap while they were doing pop. So, all right. So that's enough of that bull crap. Uh, don't go see Hamilton. Don't listen to Jeff <laughs> don't, about. Don't Hamilton. do it. Don't even, even pay for though Disney it's, Plus. Yeah. Like, don't. Even if you have Disney Plus and you're like, but Derek, it's literally free because I already pay for it. Yeah. No. Don't do don't, it. don't watch it. All right. So two hours or four hours of your life or whatever it is. All right. So the next segment is what are we playing? But Daniel and I already agreed off air. We're only going to talk about new stuff or or old games that we are currently playing that maybe we have a new opinion on. So we're not going to just sit here and dive into the games you guys have already heard about over and over. So, Daniel, is there anything that you're playing that's uh, new or, like you said, you're still playing something we know about, but you've got a new opinion or thought on it? Um, no, so I, so, and we said we were going to discuss later in the episode, I did get a new TV, so we'll go into specifics later. Um, so I did start Last of Us Part 2 again, so I'm a couple hours into that. Um, you didn't then, talk about, oh yeah, you did on our spoiler account, so I forgot, yes. everybody had beat it before we did that. All yeah, right, yeah. so we're good. Um, and then I, I did start, uh, my Nino Kuni on PS4 remastered, but I'm only okay. like an hour in because then I remembered I was like, oh yeah, Ghost of Tsushima is coming out in like three weeks, so I'm not gonna play a long RPG and then Two stop. Weeks. Two weeks. T- yeah, well at the time, like when I started. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I was like, I'm not gonna start this and then like halfway through stop because even though I've played it and platinumed it, I'd rather play it front to back. So okay. I stopped. Yeah, but that's about it. So all right, how far did you make it in The Last of Us Two on the second playthrough? Uh, the I'm, pa- I'm past, like, the two, two-and-a-half-hour mark, so, like, okay. past that whole beginning section of, you know... So music. when it starts getting good. Sure. I mean, the whole thing's good, but sure. No, I know, but when it starts <laughs> getting more... Yeah, yeah, when when, okay. when things start opening up. I'm okay. Yeah. So I uh, obviously spilled, like, my thoughts on The Last of Us 2 last week in our spoiler uh, cast. Um, I did finish my second playthrough. I don't believe I had. No, I definitely hadn't finished it before we recorded it. Um, only thing I'll add on is that I felt like the second playthrough was actually. I enjoyed it more. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I enjoyed it more. Even, and obviously from the spoiler cast, I absolutely loved it the first time. I enjoyed it more because I knew it was coming. And as I said on the spoiler cast, when I talked about my second playthrough, because I knew what was coming, I was enjoying watching other characters and scenes where normally they are trying to get you to focus on certain characters, not on the other ones. Um, but usually it's parts of the scene that impacts the other ones that you're not focused on. So I was watching that. 
I enjoyed that. I did catch more SJW stuff that I missed the first playthrough, but like I posted on several posts, a lot of Last of Us 2 haters out there. I don't know if it's just because I know people like to simplify and say, oh, it's just the SJW thing. I don't just think it's just that. I think there's legitimate people that absolutely hate this direction of the story, like Angry Joe and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but I also think it's, it is one of those things where the first one came out and everybody knew it was going to be popular, but it was still the first one. This second one is coming off the first one being extremely popular. And the reality of the world we live in as human beings we do love to bash things that are really popular. Sure. That's why you now know nobody hated Star Wars back in the 80s. Now there's a lot of people that are like, Star Wars. Well, the prequel started that, but, you know. Yeah. Um, but you but get then, my point. I think yeah. because it's loved by so many, it does get you attention to say this is trash. Sure. And, and as I said before, I was looking for reasons to dislike this game. I wasn't hyped going into it. Um, but I enjoyed the second playthrough more. That's the only thing I'll add. Um, I did jump back into Days Gone because I was at the pretty much, I won't say the very end, but I'm in the, like, the last open area. I'm not really spoiling it, but like there's an open area you go to to kind of finish off the story. But it's not, it's not like, oh, you're at the end, so you only have a couple hours. No, it's, I probably <laughs> That's have. a long game. <laughs> I, yeah, I probably have seven to ten hours. And I'll be honest with you, I don't know if I'll finish it. I think I will, but I, the reason why I say I don't know if I will is because after playing The Last of Us 2 back-to-back and then going back and playing Days Gone, which as far as like the aesthetics and the world and all that, it's very similar to what you're playing in The Last of Us 2. It's literally northwest of the United States of America. Um, it's really difficult to enjoy this game as much as I was before because it controls yeah. terribly compared to the last of us the two. quality like, is not anywhere near last of us not even close so i will say it has impacted me because i went back and i completed probably i think two or three missions now and i was just like i hate this game this game's pissing me off it just wasn't as fun yeah. um that's the only thing i'll say about that and then greedfall i did jump back into greedfall that game's been out like for 10 months and i was checking my save history and i go back to it every two or three months and play like two or three hours, get kind of hooked. And then I'm like, well, I'd rather play this. So we'll see. I'm a level 20. So I imagine I'm at least halfway through the story, if not more. Um, although I've been doing a lot of the character quests because I've been kind of playing it, how you would play Mass Effect and, and stuff like that, where your party's quests actually matter. That's why... Mm -hmm. People were hating on this game, but I legitimately think they've only played it like 30 minutes because they were just like, he runs terrible and it's not that pretty. I hate this game and Derek likes it, so I hate it. But if you <laughs> Well, there's games you can compare it to that are, you know, like they are higher quality. So it's like if people have played those games, just like how we just had Last of Us and Days Gone. literally what we just you know. talked about with yeah. The Last of Us and Days Gone. Yeah, exactly. It's so it's a little... comparison. Yeah. No, those games don't play the same as Greedfall, but... Greedfall compared to, I would Mass say, Effect. Yeah. Mass Effect as far Dragon as Dragon Age and stuff like that. I would say closer to Dragon Age as far as like the type of world and even yeah. the type of combat because it is more melee combat. Um, but there are guns in this game. It plays actually a lot like Fable, but it's not like Fable at all as far as story, characters, and even the world. Um, but the point is, is it is a lower 
tier, I would say, of quality, but it's still really good. I'm I'm playing on PC, and it isn't to brag, but I have seen it on Xbox One X. It looks way superior on PC. It runs way better as far as frames per second. That does impact how these type of games play. So um, I am enjoying it, but what I was trying to say is that until you get into the meat of the game, and again, I'm I'm not saying that the dialogue's great. It's some of it's so cheesy because they're trying to like kind of like with Mass Effect, they have aliens, so they have their own language. And yeah, they talk yeah, yeah. And stuff. They do this with like tribes, and okay. some of it's just like it's like somebody just went in there and just randomized letters, and they're like, "That's the word," you know, that type <laughs> of thing. So, and they have terrible accents, and they reuse sure. they reuse voice actors for different characters. So yeah, you can that's hear this common though. Yeah. But overall, like I said, until you get into the meat of the game and you start doing these characters' quests to earn their loyalty, because again, they can leave you, they can betray you um, if you don't if you don't pay attention to them. Um, so that type of aspect is really cool. And that's what I like about the game. So I am enjoying that. But the main one I want to talk about before we move on to um, us talking about our new new tech stuff we got is Metro Exodus. I literally, we're recording on Friday night, I literally beat it 10 minutes before I texted Daniel and was like, hey, you ready to record? Uh, I didn't think I was. I thought I was only halfway through the game because I thought this game was very long too. And it is, it feels like I played forever. But I actually um, played about three or four hours today and realized I was at the end. I was like, well, I want to beat it before we record so I can talk about it. Um, overall, I would say the experience was okay. Um, yeah. The fr- Again, we're talking about with the Metro games. If, have you ever played any of them, Daniel? No, but I, I mean, like, when I listen to Easy Allies, there's a couple of guys on the, that are super into the series. They like the just the detail um, and the attention of, like, the world and, like, how you play. There's, like, a lot of little details. Like, it's very kind of, like, grounded, if that yeah. if that sounds about right. It is. Like, there's a lot of, uh, like, especially in the first one, maybe even in the second one. I, I've noticed as they've gone on, they've made it a little bit more where you could, they want more people to play the game. But the first one was very, like, survival horror yeah. Or like Resident Evil or even I would say a scarier game would be the evil within. They're they're not like those type of games where you're like scared of everything around you or where you're walking to. But you are out in this world. If you're not in the metro, yeah, you can't breathe. So you're in this yeah, fallout okay. type world where if you go out outside of the metro, outside of underground, you can die without a gas mask so you have to you have to play a lot of, especially the first one a lot of it you have to play with a mask on um which makes seeing difficult because if it gets scratched up or breaks or anything like that okay. so that's the, the that's the aspects that i meant that were like grounded and realistic like your equipment deteriorates or gets damaged and like that affects how you play so um which i mean which is pretty cool because then you have to sort of take those things into account it makes it a little more old school survival horror, um, having to, you know, take that into account. So, I mean, again, I, I've not played, so I don't, I don't know how detailed it can get, but. Yeah. All right. So the the first, yeah, the first one was definitely the most like rounded, the most realistic, and then like I was saying, second and third one, the third one, they all still have those rules in place. So that's not what yeah. I'm talking about. Like, the third one. 
I'm not spoiling anything, but towards the end, you wear the gas mask the entire time. Whereas as you are playing the, the entire game, there's a good portion of it you're not wearing the gas mask. You're in areas where you can breathe and you can you don't have to operate uh, underground or um, with a mask above ground. So they, 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 uh, they've definitely made it simpler as far as that. It's still, the, the way it plays is a lot of people play first person shooters. They want good shooting mechanics and stuff like that. It's yeah. all functional, but I do think the, the mechanics, like unless you go into it, and this is kind of what you're talking about, unless you go into it going, okay, this game moves and plays like you would in real life. So it's very slow and sluggish. Like lumbering. Yeah, the guy you control for all three games, so spoiler, he doesn't die. Um, the guy you, you, you control for, for all three guy, three games is not some super soldier. He's just a... The plot of the Metro games is he's just somebody who does not want to live in the Metro for the rest of his life. He believes that there's a promised land outside outside okay. where they are now and he wants to find it and so that's what he's he's on this journey to do that hence the name metro exodus so they're exodusing the metro so anyways <laughs> um so overall i thought it was okay it's not that fun to play the dialogue is terrible the script is terrible um, but I will say this as a bonus, like if I had to score it, I would give it a seven out of 10, but it would actually would have been lower until the very end. The ending has a nice payoff that I, uh, mm. that I appreciate it. So okay. I, 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 even as I got to the end and even if you're never going to play it, I think it's worth one of those like YouTube videos where you're like, you just go and watch the story for all three. Well, I think um, these games are based off of a book series, right? They are, Is, they are, yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. That's where they originated. They're real popular. It's kind of like The Witcher, where yeah. the book was really popular. The Witcher games are way more popular than this, but Metro yeah. has a, a nice following. Yeah. And if you yeah, post yeah. about it in groups, there's a good amount of people that are like, I love Metro Exodus. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. So if anybody posts like they love Metro Exodus, I'll say my comment would be, I finished it. I like the ending, but other than that, everything else pretty much was blah and so i know a lot of people are like i actually talked about this um in a group somebody posted i think you're actually in this group but they posted in the group they're like i just realized i've only finished like two playstation um what are they called exclusives this entire gen which is really pathetic if you ask me and so, so they good ones yeah, and so so many people are, you know, especially if you're a gamer, gamer, and so many people are listing off all these great games. He's like, nope, nope, didn't like it, didn't like it. And so I jokingly put, which everybody took it serious, I was like, stop quitting great games. And then I did my little stress face that I always do. <laughs> and well, so they don't know. <laughs> yeah, so 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 people were taking it serious, and they were just like, you know, if you don't like a game. It's best to stop, blah, blah, blah. See, I don't agree with that. I never have. And I think I've talked about it not on this podcast, but on Tim and I's previous podcast, where I just do not agree with quitting a game just because you don't like it in the first few hours. If that's your personality, fine. I can't change you. 
But the reality is there are a lot of people, not just me, that if you stick to a game, sometimes the best games you ever play are those ones that you don't like in the beginning. Because that's just how life works. There, most of the time when you look back at your life and you say that was the best time of my life, usually the payoff is because at some point it was something you didn't like or it was the worst time. So usually that's what makes it so great is because you hate it or disliked it or it was uninteresting. Yeah. Um, so I firmly believe, unless you absolutely know that's not your style of game, that if you bought a game, that you should at least keep plunging through it to see it through. Um, I mean, that's why so I have factors. I mean, like even you sure. in the past, like you had, there was a certain amount of time when you were playing games and you stopped because, you know, things were going on. Like exactly. there's that all I, sorts of things, you know? Yeah. Well, when I'm talking like, and I agree with the factors, like for instance, yeah. if I was to quit Greedfall, I wouldn't even talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Nobody else is talking about it, but the games that were being listed that this guy was like, uninteresting i got bored persona 5 god of war horizon god. zero dawn oh, jesus i think he finished the last of us 2 and then like something else but like infamous probably not gonna finish ghost of tsushima because you know uh, i game. hate this guy i don't even know him and i hate his face but that's my point <laughs> so i totally agree like i'm not saying with a blanket statement if you bought it, you must finish it. I right, own yeah, yeah. thousands of games. I do finish a lot. Like I probably in my lifetime finished three or 400 games. But again, if I bought a thousand and I finished three or 400, I'm good in the major league baseball because I'm batting 300 <laughs> or 400, but I'm sure. not, that's still not a good stat for what you pay for. Yeah. Um, no. But anyways, uh, I just, I don't, I, I, the point I'm trying to make is if it's a good game, if you know it has a good story and you're not bogged down by other games, I do think it's worth pushing through. Now, if you're halfway, three-fourths through, and you hate it, yeah, quit it. But Metro wasn't terrible. Yeah. The overall experience was okay. But there was moments that were good, and then the ending was extremely satisfying. So I really yeah, yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. All right, so that's are what are we playing we're going to transition now over to um like i said at the beginning daniel and i both got um some new tech gosh i've got so much noise i gotta actually call all right so let's get back on track all right so back to um i don't know if you got the time on it what are we at 36 yeah he could start us up at about 36 yeah we'll say around 35 minutes in okay. shenanigans ensued 34, 35 minutes in. All right, so let's talk new tech. Okay, so I got a new monitor. Daniel finally, and he can talk about it, upgraded to the 4K. So first, why don't you tell us what you've been playing on as far as console and TV for the last, what, six, seven years of this generation? And then obviously tell us what you upgraded to and your thoughts on it. Yeah, I finally got some Ks in my life. I was just doing P's before. Now I'm doing K's. <laughs> Upgrade. Well, still doing P's, right? 10, 2160P. Well, actually, no, because I have the standard PS4, which I had to ask you. I was like, wait, what's the deal here? And apparently standard PS4 cannot do 2160P, which is ridiculous. Nope. Um, but that's fine, I guess. I, I at least can uh, take advantage of HDR, which is cool. 
um, actually on the TV when I um, start up something that does take advantage of HDR, a little like a little Bing icon pops, pops up. up. Yeah, and it's like HDR. And I'm like, ooh, I feel so fancy. Um, but yeah, so I had a... Um, and Let I me ask you this. Yeah. Do you notice a big difference? Because uh, some HDRs, they're not that significant. There isn't okay. a huge change. They just put on there their HDR because they technically are, but it's not a huge change. Do you see like, hey, the lighting and the effects look better? Yeah, the so the TV I had before was, um, I thought it was 50, or I'm sorry, I thought it was 55. It was actually 50 inches. So I upgraded 15 inches. That's what she said. Oh. Um, but uh so yeah, it was just t 1080p was the max it could do. Had no HDR. It was an older TV. It was probably about seven years old, six seven. Um, okay. So yeah, now I definitely notice detail in uh, things. Again, it, it does. It's not doing 2160p, but I definitely notice more detail. Um, in Last of Us, I definitely am noticing like in the face more detail. Um, the lighting is definitely a bit better. Um, even and this sounds ridiculous. Even in Animal Crossing, I'm noticing differences. Like oh, there's te yeah. there's textures in like like there's um on a day where it's raining and the trees uh, on the leaves like the the water the rain dripping down on the tree like I can actually see like textures that wasn't there before um, even just on something as simple and cartoony as Animal Crossing which I I was kind of like oh that's that's pretty cool so so what um, is the TV that you got so I got TCL 65, uh, 65 inch six series, and it's the QLED. I'm not sure what the Q actually signifies. I, I'm familiar with, you know, LED, OLED. Quantum. But I don't know what, like, I don't know what differentiates that from, like, OLED. So I don't actually know what the specifics are. I think are. Q is quantum. I'm not, like, I don't have it yeah. in front of me. I would look at it. If, like, that's how I always do is I research yeah, yeah. it. But it's probably quantum lighting. Okay. Um, which is would be on the box. They'd be like, "This is they use quantum lighting tech and all that stuff." Yeah. Uh, um, so you got a 50 inch, right? I had it, it. The one I had before was 50. Uh, this oh, is 65. So 65. Okay. Yeah. So like, it barely even fits on the stand that I had before. I, I kind of like almost like forgot to take that into account, but thankfully it does fit on the stand. So, um, yeah, it's 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 definitely much larger now. Um, so there's more to see on the screen. So uh, it's yeah, it's it's very nice. It's a it's a beautiful TV for sure. Um, but your plans are to get a PS5 day one. I mean, hopefully, yeah. Unless that thing's like eight hundred dollars, I might honestly have to wait. But yeah, but, but I also your do plan have some is store credit if it's at reasonably so. priced. Yeah, you're gonna get it. Yeah, I mean, so I do the, have store credit at GameStop. Like, I still have gift cards like from like a, a while ago that I didn't use because I was like, I'm gonna try to actually save these for the PS5. So that's smart. Which yeah. is probably once once we get out of this stupid bull crap that we're in right now, where I feel like I can go to a store, yeah, and trade like normal. I'll probably I know I have some older games, and then I'll probably start trading. GameStops are GameStops are opening up and doing trades again. Um, yeah, so I know. I just have check. I'm still more into I'm not going to trade right now until we get next gen deals. Because sure. I'm probably going to trade a lot of um, uh, either old games, but also old consoles. Okay. So I might get rid of, like, I'm considering getting rid of my Xbox One X. I only have one. I used to have two. But I got a really good deal trading that second one in. So I would actually consider trading in my Gears one mm -hmm. if it will take 
a good chunk off of even if it's just like hey trade it in towards the xbox series x okay i'll do it do i need the xbox series x no well, does no. anybody need any of this we i mean we want it so because no fun. but I, my point is <laughs> like with me already having pc games kind of pointless sure. um because i'm not seeing even uh, i saw something today saying it was a hype for halo infinite and it was talking about how halo infinite will launch on xbox the xbox one xbox one x series x and on um pc so i was like wow this is going to be the first halo game to like launch on pc so that's kind of crazy and that made me go that's even more reason for me to not need an xbox series x unless it's way more powerful than my pcs but honestly even though the numbers look good i really don't think it's going to end up being more powerful than my stuff but um anyways my focus is more on the ps5 like i want to make sure that i can get that on day one because of exclusives so and that's that's the the most important thing right now now yeah. is for you that's what i was gonna say that's why i was asking about the ps5 is because if your ultimate goal is to get a ps5 right away then you'll see the impact of what you purchase because i can't tell you that tcl series 6 is a good tv yeah it's a really good tv i don't think it's i believe it's a native 60 hertz which means you can only do 60 frames per second max yeah. but i'm gonna tell you i i know people are like trying to hype up next gen as oh 120 frames per second. it's not happening if i think the focus of sony and microsoft are going to be 4k 4k yeah nat- everything native 4k well and when- hard drive yeah, and I think with everything going to be native 4K, you're probably going to bounce between 30 and 60 frames per second uh, for most games. So, and then they could also say, hey, if you want to choose to do 1440p at 120 or 100 frames per second, they could do that. But for you, my point is, it's going to impact you in a positive way because you're going to get to see everything with HDR, native 4K, and 60 frames per second on a lot of games. Yeah. So, PS5, right? You are. Although I thought TV, I thought there were TVs that are somewhat fairly common. Maybe I've asked this before, that um, the refresh rate. I thought TVs got up to 120, but um, they do. They're not as common. They are okay. going. I to thought they start were more common. Okay. Um, but a lot of them lie to you, and you did ask, and I believe I answered it on. I don't remember what show, but okay. Basically, or maybe we were just chatting on Facebook, but yeah. basically what it is is. They'll tell you on the box 120 hertz, mm-hmm. but it's not truly native. That's why I say the word native. Native yeah. 120 hertz. What it is is usually native 60. I'll give an example. I always talk about my um, Sony 3D display. So it's a little Sony monitor that came out eight, nine years ago that I got. That I, I think I remember loved. that bundle. Yeah. Yeah, they advertise that as 240 hertz. Okay. It's not. It's actually native 60 hertz. Okay. But it has the ability with their true motion technology, all that, for 120 and 240 hertz. Yeah, that's what this one's saying, yeah. So the point is, is that every game that you play cannot go above 60 frames per second. Sure. But they can render it in with the processing and make it look cleaner than a 60 hertz, you know, TV or something like that. 
but it, it so they've got tech but it's not native so they you would never be able to run a game at 80 or 90 frames per second because your tv would say nope my limit is 60 that's the most i can do mm -hmm. um and that's the cutoff so that brings me to what i did so as many of you know i actually bought a 1440p this was right at the beginning of us transitioning to the pandemic to working from home so i actually had my job was like hey we want people to work from home but at this time they weren't telling us to take stuff from the office yeah yeah they were just like hey if you don't have something we'll give you for monitors we'll give you 50 bucks so i wanted to take advantage of that and i was like well i want to upgrade my monitor because i had a 4k 60 hertz monitor but it had no hdr nothing like that so it was a it was a nice monitor. It's still a nice monitor. My son uses it right now to play his cool um, Fortnite's Fortnite games. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so it's a it's a nice monitor, but it, there's no, it's not it's not built really honestly for next gen yeah. because it doesn't even have HDR. Um, so anyway, so I upgraded to a 1440p with an HDR monitor, and it was it when it launched, it launched at 600 bucks. I found it for 400 used, and then I had a $50 credit from my employer, so I actually got it for $350. And, and when I got it and started playing it, I was I was blown away because I had never experienced anything above 60 frames per second. Okay. So being that I'm I'm playing a lot more on PC, in fact, that's where I play most of the time now. Um, I wanted to experience that. And so I was blown away by playing, like for instance, I'll use the outer world as an example. I had that on ultra settings, 1440p. So I wasn't doing 4K, 1440p, HDR. And I was getting in enclosed areas, I was hitting hundred frames per second. And then out in the open world, it drops to about 80. Okay. But still, that's yeah. still crazy clean and good and it's very fluid so I, I became obsessed with that and so that was what drove me to make my next decision which was going into next gen while I like my 1440p and I'm keeping that monitor I'm not going to get rid of it um, because it's a really good monitor I ended up actually finding make sure nobody's out here <laughs> <laughs> what did you what you do what did you <laughs> Like was, you just did something wrong. You're like, oh, I can't let anybody know. I, I did do something wrong. So I found, <laughs> I found a uh, really good on basically the, it's there's two monitors are out that are considered the top of the line, and this mm -hmm. is one of them. Um, so it just depends on who you ask or who's reviewing. And it's a 4K, 144 hertz HDR, but it's not just HDR. And this is something you should probably look at too. I mean, it's not going to impact you because you're not going to go buy something else. But check out how many um, how many nits of brightness your TV has. How many because what of brightness? Nits. Nits. And they do it in like CDM, CDM2. Like, have you, have you have you played Assassin's Creed Odyssey? Yeah. Okay. Yes, you could actually do it now. So if you if you booted up Assassin's Creed Odyssey on your PS4, because okay. it has HDR and your TV now has HDR, you can actually mess with the HDR settings. Yeah, yeah. And one of them is on the brightness. It's called CDM slash CDM2, I believe it is. That lets you know how high um, your TV can go as far as brightness. 
So yeah. this doesn't sound like a big deal, but I'm not exaggerating. Like I just praised my 1440p um, TV or monitor. It only goes, I believe the max is 400 peakness. So it's the highest it can go. So if there's a sun in a video game, the sun would be set to 400 and then everything else would probably be running at two to 300 brightness, okay? Yeah. If you're following what I'm saying. This is all nerd stuff, but I actually love it now. Sure. Well, the monitor I just bought is a thousand nits peak brightness. Oh, so Jesus Christ. <laughs> watch my face. Nobody else can see this, but I'm going to turn the screen completely white and just watch my is face. That's what happened the other day? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, that's what happened the other day. I was like, what happened? Yeah. So basically the screen is blinding if i have so it's just literally like, like the sun yeah it's extremely it's like blinding. Literally staring at the sun so the peakness is a thousand of course not every game runs at a thousand i'll give you an example far cry 5 or far cry new dawn is what i've been playing um that has one of the best setups for like hdr lighting and so that's the game they actually, in all the reviews, that was the main one they would pull up because they would show you the sun. And the sun actually has like the rays reflecting. You can see the rays of light hmm. and you can see, you know, how it how it looks. They would have the character standing in an area where the sun was to the right. And then they were in a building and to the left was dark and they would show you how other screens can't handle this. All they can do is just like white everything out or black everything out. And this monitors only lighting up where the sun is and everything else is natural, but still not deep blacks where you can't see everything. It's like all realistic lighting. So I was was blown away by it. Um, So anyways, it's a $2,000 monitor. Um, It actually launched at $2,000, but this was like two or three years ago. Yeah, it's it's well, it's top of the line. I'm not exaggerating when I say it. I never buy top tier. This is top tier, and and now it retails anywhere from thirteen hundred to eighteen hundred based off the site you go to. So if you go to Amazon, it's like seventeen hundred bucks. If you go to B and H, it's thirteen hundred. They don't have it in stock, so that could be why they're so low price. Sure. Um, I was able to get it used for eight fifty, um, yeah. which is still pretty penny. But again, when when I'm looking at what I'm looking at now and I'm telling the, the honest truth and not trying to justify my purchase, this is 100% worth every penny. So you like bought like two monitors the past couple months? like. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm actually going to probably sell the one that my son's using and get two or 300 bucks for it okay. um, to justify like, hey, you bought this, but you got your most of your money back from the other one. I'd always be concerned uh, buying something like that used, though, just because, like, I mean, it's expensive, and then, like, it's like it's a screen, so it's fragile, you know? But, oh, yeah. I know. And that's why I buy from, like, retailers mm. that they also have a warranty. So I'm not buying off Facebook Marketplace because there sure. is no warranty or anything like that. Right. But I buy it from retailers, so they do have a, it's not a big warranty, but they have a warranty enough that if it was to completely black out in the first month, I can I can get a full reimbursement. Okay. But also when you consider the reason I was, and it was a risk, but the reason I was willing to do it is because I was saving $500 compared to the lowest price available. Yeah. Potentially 1000 so that to me was like it's worth the risk 
Um, and most of the time when I buy used, I've had no issues. Like the other monitor, um, when it came in, it the box was like basically brand new. It was almost like somebody took it home, opened it up, and they're like, I don't like this, or they regretted their purchase, yeah. put it back in the box, and they resealed it and had to sell it that way. Hmm. This one is not, I won't lie and sit there and be like, that's what I got with this one. No, this one, the box was was definitely beat down a little bit. Okay. Um, but the screen and everything when it came in, everything looks like a new monitor except the the lighting of this monitor is it has like special lighting and yeah. the bottom piece is broke so all it is uh, is now just a light it doesn't have basically it's supposed to have the 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 rog symbol they have like a like a symbol like a pro gamer symbol it yeah. doesn't have that it just has the light flashing down but i don't care about that that's not sure. why i'm that's not part of the function of the actual monitor. So. I only care about, I wouldn't care if there were scratches on the side. Only thing I care about is what, what's the condition of the screen? Is yeah. everything in the way it's supposed to work? That's all I care about. So that's enough tech talk. But anyways, I'm excited about it. I love it. And the whole reason I did it was to upgrade for next gen. So I'm planning on playing my PS5, Xbox Series X if I get that, which I plan on. And then I'm definitely keeping my PCs hooked up to it, at least one of them. Um, so I'm, a, I'm super excited about, um, but about this monitor. The other thing I wanted to hit on before we get into our main topic is just today, I've been waiting for this. I actually had it in my uh, Steam. It's the only game I had in my Steam wish list. That is Horizon Zero Dawn, which we all uh, knew yes. coming to PC, like everybody had already announced it. But it finally, because it kept saying it's coming out in the summer, and I even talked about it on the show. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. We're in, at the time when we were in June, I was yeah. like, we're in June, and there's been no announcement yet this game's coming out in the summer. And I said, I think it's going to launch in August. Well, I got, got that right. It is launching in August. They announced that it's coming out August 7th. It's $50, but it comes with everything. Yeah. So while that stinks to have to pay like basically full price again, uh, I'm gonna see if I can find it cheaper on sites, other sites, like get a key for maybe 40. Yeah. But I think it's worth it because they even I thought this was cool what they did. That the whole trailer wasn't trying to get you to just to buy Horizon Zero Dawn like they did on PS4, where it's yeah. just here's the story, look at the gameplay. The entire PC trailer is, hey, here's all the options for PC gamers. <laughs> yes. They yeah. talk about like frames per second. They talk about your lighting. They talk about all the settings, everything like that. Well, that's they know that's why people are buying it for exactly. this. Even people that may have already played it, if they have a high-end PC now, like, you know. yeah. Yeah. So, because every time every time I play, and don't get me wrong, I love my PS4 Pro. I thought The Last of Us 2 looked marvelous, but and again, I know this is going to count, kind of sound shallow and and, and uh, pretentious, but once you become like a PC gamer and you're looking at the stuff that I'm looking at, it is hard to go back to even stuff that looks good. Like you're going to get to a point where I'll say, especially when next gen comes, where you're going to get used to your PS5 mm -hmm. game on your HDR 4K set. And when you, if you ever try to go back and play a PS4 game, or if you ever see a PS4 game on a 1080 screen again, you'll be like, 
I used to say games look good on this. Like you're going to be like blown yeah. away. By it. That's it's a natural progression. I mean, yeah. like even with PS3 and Xbox 360, I mean, those games did look gorgeous at the time. And yeah. then we get into PS4 and it's like, people say it's like, oh, it wasn't as substantial of a jump between like PS1 to PS2 or PS2 to PS3. But like, it's, it's still clearly a jump because you can see differences in a PS3 game versus a PS4 game. So that's yeah. going to happen with PS five xbox series x you know. and essentially what i'm experiencing and i'm not even experiencing the highest level i mean i have a gtx 1080 yeah. and an rtx 2070 the rtx 2070 is the better car but it's in a lesser powered well it's in a laptop it's not in a uh, desktop that has more power my gtx 1080 is in the desktop point i bring that up is i'm even now experiencing what you guys are going to experience in a few months in next gen i'm experiencing yeah. now especially with the rtx card because i am i played metro exodus on high settings native 4k with high settings on ray tracing and hdr i was only able to run it at 30 frames per second i can run it at, at 60 and above on my 1440p um screen but at native 4k it drops it 30 frames per second yeah. but the point i'm making is the visuals i'm getting to look at what you guys are going to see in a few months i'm already experiencing it now that's why like i'm excited for next gen but i'm not excited like i was the well current gen when we went from ps3 to ps4 yeah. i remember how i was posting on social media like holy crap this is not <laughs> I can't believe I own a PlayStation 4. And same thing with Xbox One. But I was more blown away by PS4 games than Xbox One because they were they were more powerful and higher yeah. resolution. Um, but anyway, so I'm super excited for Horizon Zero Dawn because the point I was going to make is I like the way my games look on my PS4 Pro. But the whole time I'm playing them, I'm going, man, The Last of Us 2 would look so good at native 4k with hdr what if they yeah. had ray tracing now that's the one thing i'm bummed out about horizon zero dawn from what i could tell from the trailer it does not have ray tracing which is annoying because there's not a lot of pc games that have ray tracing um the ones that do it looks amazing like shadow of tomb raider metro exodus and control i own all three and battlefield 5 i own all four of those games that have ray tracing and implemented like metro exodus is crazy it's ridiculously good yeah. um even control but when they're implemented good you can really see the difference in the lighting and lighting especially with this new monitor has changed like the importance of lighting for me because i never realized it and again you're ignorant until you you see it i'm not talking to you but for me even too sure. like if somebody was saying you haven't seen nothing i'd be like shut up you know i got a 4k tv or whatever now I'm like, my 4K TV, it's got nothing on this. Like, I, I, I see the difference in what, what, you know, boring Mark Cerny talks about when he was talking about HDR lighting. When he that did. dude loves, yeah, he loves ray tracing. He wasn't, yeah, <laughs> he, he wasn't looking at, like, average HDR. He wasn't looking at average ray tracing when he was talking about this stuff. Yeah. He was looking at top end, top tier, and that, he's telling the truth when he says, it changes the way you see games. It changes well, the way you Well, you have to see physically world. see it. I mean, yeah. 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 So anyways, enough, enough talking about that. I apologize for people that are like, Derek's annoying. But 
I just wanted to say I'm excited about Horizon Zero Dawn coming to PC. So even though I've played the game twice on the PS4 Pro, actually, mm-hmm. I will play it again on PC because of all the, well, shallow graphical options and even the frames per second. I'll get higher frames per second, so I'll be excited. Yeah. All right, so let's get to our main topic. We got a few topics, but the thing we want to start with, I'm going to let Dan take the lead here, is he uh, did a post on our Facebook group asking if any of those losers had any questions for us. So hopefully you've got like at least one good question. So go ahead, take so, it away. So we decided not to call them fans because then that just sounds full of ourselves. I said hooligans, and then you called them losers. So yeah, good middle Hooligans, round. losers. Well, <laughs> well, did we want to do that or the Sean Layden thing? Because there's the Sean Layden thing as well. Well, let's start with the questions. And then okay. I think one of the questions was about Sean Layden, right? Or about pricing. Well, well, the Sean Sean Layden specifically more talking about how he said shorter games uh, that are cheaper to make. He he wants shorter games that are cheaper to make because sort of like we're getting into this this spot where these games are getting way more expensive and especially with next gen and and technology yeah. costing more. But so sort of like a, a a bit of a different thing. But we can we can do that at the end if we want. But okay, uh, maybe we'll just do the. We'll for sure talk about it because that's like an important yeah. Especially considering it's an important topic right now, and it's also something I've been doing a lot of research on the last couple of days, so I will talk about it. Well, yeah, especially with this gen. Like, this gen is is definitely a a culprit of of having some pretty overly large games, I think. Like, looking at you, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. That's just, it should be illegal how long that game is. Um, Okay, so... Uh, I guess just to make Gaston happy because, you know, dude loves Crash Bandicoot in case nobody realizes that. I don't know how you don't realize that. They just constantly talk about Crash Bandicoot. If you're in the in the group, yes. You yeah. know. I think if Crash Bandicoot was actually, like, a, a physical entity that he could do inappropriate things with, he would, but that's fine. I just um, want to, before you ask the question, I have no idea what the question is, by the way. Um, I just want to sh- throw out there that Crash Bandicoot is trash. That is my <laughs> official statement. It's that might why answer we never question. talk about Crash, because I do not care about Crash. The only game I've ever cared about that had Crash in it was Crash, like, Bandicoot, like, kart racing. Sure. And I liked that on the PlayStation. I did buy the newer one and played it for, like, 10 minutes, and that's why I never talk about it. So yeah. That's my official Crash Bandicoot. Well, then I guess that answers his question, because he says, what are your thoughts on Crash Bandicoot 4? So. <laughs> I do not care. I have not even watched anything on it. I do not Listen, care. I'm very happy for him, and just in general, that like Activision kind of did this whole like circling around and, and remaking those three games to then in- essentially reboot the franchise. Because um, Crash Bandicoot is very important for the PlayStation franchise. It was it was pretty much its mascot when when PlayStation came onto the scene. So um, obviously not an exclusive to PlayStation anymore, but still, you know, it's just cool that it, it basically it's that a, it's era basically. of like this Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, we we had even like, before that when they were like rivaling uh, Mario. Mario was the big name on Nintendo, and it still is, but I would honestly argue that Zelda may have surpassed Mario. Mm-hmm. But point is, is that back in that era when when um, companies were releasing consoles, their big thing was, we got to have like a catchy... A face. Yeah, a face. But all those games are very similar. They're very yeah. much... Um, 
you know, Mario style games, platformers, some have guns, some don't, but most of them are platformers and Crash was one of them. And I thought it sucked, but whatever. <laughs> hey, that's where Naughty Dog started and look at them now. So, you know, that's, that's, that's quite the, quite the journey. So. All right. Question is, number two. Is a crash, yeah, crash talk there, Gaston. Uh, so Jeff, uh, was wondering actually mostly for you derek um he asked uh who who do you think you are who do i think i am yeah uh i think i'm the man i think okay. i'm the man. yeah um gary yeah. established that jeff doesn't matter so i know yeah. why he's asking that sure because he thinks i'm trash but jeff you're trash but the second part of that is uh what um what what gives you the right what gives me the right yeah because i have a voice Okay. For the voiceless. I don't even know what that means. I don't. <laughs> Move Never on. Mind. You don't. You don't get the bit. Three. You don't get the bit. You don't get it. Um, but then he asked a serious question. Um, he said, uh, "What game? What game do you hope gets uh, remade for next gen? That's a good Is there question. any games in in the history of games that you've played that you would like to see remade? I mean, I think I I said it. Uh, oh, I said it on a post. I didn't say it on a show. I would love for The Last of Us and The Last of Us 2 to be on the PS5. I know that will get a lot of complaints from people. I get it. But if it's not going to come out on PC, I want it to go to PS5 like as a collection. And they could charge. I think what they should do if they're being cool, yeah, is I think they should, you know, maybe charge like an upgrade fee of $10 per game or something like that. Or realistically, a $40 disc collection and maybe digital 30. I don't know. I but mean, uh, I think with what Xbox is doing, they're not going to be able to charge and, and have people just be okay with that because isn't Xbox Series X like just going to be basically where just I, upgrade? I yeah. personally think Sony's plans were to release a lot of games on PS5 again sure. and charge us, yeah. and they would have gotten away with it because they would have been, again, able to advertise native 4K at yep. 60 to 120 frames, whatever they're going to do mm -hmm. um, for these games. And that would have gotten a lot of us, especially me, like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Um, with them launching more things on PC, I'm more interested in them doing that. So that takes away from them upgrading on PS5. But with, like, The Last of Us, there's been no word of it, those games ever touching PC. Or Ghost of Tsushima, we're going to talk about, if that ends up being the amazing game that i think it can be like maybe even game of this generation i know i'm hyping it but it's it's my style of game as far as the time period yeah what the combat looks like samurais and ninjas are cool i mean yes i agree argue that so if it's that type of game i'm gonna want to play it on the best possible console slash pc that i can so since then uh nintendo since sony has a fully gone like microsoft and been like hey everything that we make goes on pc um i would want the last of us package like one and two on ps5 okay yeah i mean i yeah i i think they're definitely gonna have to um just follow follow suit on what xbox is doing if xbox is just saying free upgrades and i think i think it's actually more on the developer side right but i'm assuming that they'll probably do the first parties be like yeah free upgrade like hd upgrade whatever or, you well know, for not hd upgrade but you know what i mean we're gonna talk about this because we are talking about sean lane and price of and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, games and stuff like that it's a little bit cloudy and that's what i want to talk about mm. with um 
games, and I, I'll just drop this, and then when we talk about it, I'll bring it back up. But NBA 2K21 has clouded everything, and I'll get into yeah. the details in a little bit. But um, let's go on to the next question. Well, I was going to say I want um, Super Mario uh, RPG remade. I love right. that game. It's one of the first RPG, or it actually is the first RPG I ever played. Um, I love that game so much. It's obviously, there's things that you can't do in that game you can do in so many RPGs nowadays, because um, it's obviously pretty dated, but like it just has a lot of charm, and I would love to see that to be remade and then a sequel. Um, but that still hasn't happened yet, so Square see, Enix... I feel like they're never going to do it because of the Paper Mario crap. And I don't well, like the Paper Mario. Well, so. Paper Mario is just Nintendo doing it, but uh, Super Mario RPG was actually Square Enix and Nintendo collaborating. Square Enix actually made that game. Yeah, or Square so would, at the time. So. Yeah, so they would have to yeah. sign off on it, and I don't yeah. think they And would. they seem to be a bit more friendly now, as opposed to back when you know they abandoned uh, ship in Final Fantasy VII on PlayStation and so on and so forth. So. Yeah. Uh, but it's yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, I love that game. Um, let's see. John being a hooligan as usual, but then he also asked a serious question. Uh, so he said he's currently playing Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order with absolutely no sound. Uh, I've just got a great playlist on Spotify going in. I'm enjoying the gameplay. Do you have any games like that? Where um, I just play like Spotify? music? Yeah, or just music? Yeah, like not the game itself, but like you're just playing music over it while you play. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do it with two games: Rocket League which I do a lot. Mm. And then actually lately, and I didn't say this in my, what are you playing? And I should have is grid. Um, I got okay. the ultimate edition of grid for PC for essentially 12 bucks. It was 12 bucks for nine games. So it was one of the games. Um, but anyway, so racing games. So for Forza Horizon four, which is one of my all time favorite games. Mm. And now grid, which I've been playing recently. I, anytime it's a racer, I'll just put music on. Grid, I actually realized that I probably shouldn't because you actually have a guy talking to you who helps okay. you. Sure. He's the one that tells you about uh, the nemesis, like who who you're pissing off and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, but for I, if I had to give you two, it would be Rocket League and Forza Horizon 4 um, or any of the Horizon games um, yeah. because they're just chill and I, I get my playlist. I don't like their playlist. I'm very particular about like, I have to listen to songs that I want to listen to. I can't yeah. go by other people Yeah. or video games. I, um, I remember on PS3 being annoyed because uh, on 360, you could, even as far back as 360, you could have like playlists and have music yeah. playing while you play games. And I was like, why can't the PS3 do this? That's ridiculous. Um, but I, right now like i don't do that i don't play any other music i absorb the music that's in that game even something like rocket league that isn't technically playing music while you're playing the game i just i'm absorbing the sounds and the music of the game i just i it's something about it in my head it just doesn't mesh because like the kind of music that i listen to maybe just doesn't quite make sense to me while i'm playing rocket league like i love metal so like i mean maybe metal and rocket league could work but it does uh, I just still, for some reason, just like it's just I'm listening to whatever the game is giving me, and um, and that's. If I'm it. playing on PS4, I don't like because I don't. I don't even think I have Spotify on there. Yeah. But like PC, because Spotify is right here. I'll I'll pop it up real quick. 
hit play and then boot up Rocket League. Yeah. Um, and then I did it a lot on Xbox because Xbox is the one that gave me six months free of Spotify Premium. Okay. So I was like, oh, cool. It was being advertised, so it would remind me, like, just jump on, use Spotify. So, um, but yeah, it's mainly like anything that's not story based. Like, it's kind of funny that he would be playing really a story based game. Now, I know he already beat it or whatever. Yeah. So I can understand that. But still, I would think noises and the sounds would matter in that game with combat. Yeah. It does to a certain extent, even with Rocket League. That's why I don't do right. it the time with rocket league someone coming up behind you or something you know but forza horizon 4 literally you have no reason not to listen yeah. to music i guess i just generally also with like games like that like racing games tend to have like playlists of songs like actual like licensed songs and like for the most part i can usually find songs on there that i like so i like it, it'll let me like shut off the the bad songs or the songs i don't like that i consider bad and then i'll listen to the good ones so that's usually what i do but um yeah. So, next question. Uh, James is asks, are there any games, TV shows, movies that you aren't you aren't comfortable playing watching anymore because of memories people associated with them? So a bummer question from James. All right. So anything that what? It, like anything that you are there any games, TV shows, movies that you aren't comfortable with or maybe like that bum you out um, because of just like memories associated with them? Like maybe you broke oh. up with, with, <laughs> with someone in the past that you guys had a show you both love and now you try to watch it and you're like, I can't watch this. Like, <laughs> Yeah, actually uh, Far Cry 5 is who I was like, I was playing uh, with my girlfriend I wasn't supposed to have. So um, <laughs> it's hard for me to go back to that game because I'm like, ah, God. It makes me yeah. think the whole time also god of war god of war was that uh, i yeah. actually bought that game for her so whenever i would play god of war it was dirt it literally launched while we were coming to an end so i had just bought it gave it to her and then we ended like two weeks later through a lot of drama and so god of war like the whole time i'm trying to play it i'm like going through the most difficult time of my life and I was not having fun. Like I could only play it for like 30 minutes. So that's actually I why, yeah, that's why I actually had to come back and play it a second time mm -hmm. when I was a little more comfortable. But I still like if I if I play like God of War, or Far Cry, I, even New Dawn, I've struggled playing with New Dawn. It's not the same game, but it's still yeah. has the same feelings and it yeah, plays yeah, yeah. the same, looks the same. And so sometimes I have trouble playing it. Yeah. So yeah, I have that. Crap. Okay. Yeah, um, I was trying to think of some, but I, I couldn't quite pit anything. Um, I mean, well, I don't been... do stupid stuff like me, Daniel. You <laughs> I issue. don't. It's I've... my fault. I mean, I caused it. I've been with my wife uh, for twelve years, so any bad memories I have are before that, and like even even then, like so my ex girlfriend, she had terrible taste in music, but she likes System of a Down randomly, um, yeah. which I love. And I can still listen to them, and and she doesn't come to mind. So I guess I'm just so far removed from it that I don't. That's not even something that pops into my head. Um, so thankfully I I don't. But um, yeah, no, I definitely get I get that notion. You know, you you go through something traumatic, and and like she, uh, my wife, uh, there's there's a certain song that um during a certain um uh hard uh moment in her life in her past that when she hears that song it, it makes her really emotional and and you know yeah that's that's just things that are pretty natural you know especially music 
music is definitely a big thing if if that's just something that's like in the background or you really liked it and something bad happened or yeah. or a traumatic experience and and that kicks on like your brain just starts doing all sorts of funky stuff yeah and we talked about it when we talked about the last of us trauma and all that stuff and i, yeah. I got into like hey how my perspective on trauma has changed because prior to two years ago I honestly don't think I ever experienced anything. I'm not saying I didn't yeah. deal with hardships or annoying yeah. things, but never trauma. So this is the only thing that's ever stuck with me that I actually had to have a therapist explain to me, hey, here's chemically what's happening to you that you got to stop blaming yourself. I'm not saying I shouldn't fight it. Of course you fight, you fight, you fight, you don't accept yeah. But you also have to come down to reality and realize you can't just erase things that are actually imprinted on you. And I'm not going to yeah. get into the science of it. But once I went through that, that was when I was like, oh, my my perspective has changed. And I'm able to empathize with people more who talk about trauma. Mm -hmm. Some people are dramatic. They don't experience true trauma and they just say they did because they want to be cool. But when you actually go through it, it does change your perspective on how you see things and you're able to empathize with people more because it completely changes the way you live, think, and act. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, you got my games. Uh, for right now, it's Far Cry 5 and God of War, but I obviously was able to go back to God of War and play it, but it didn't mean it wasn't painful. It was still painful. Everything's still... Gaming in general is still tied back to that. I yeah. have trouble. I'm just getting better at it. Yeah. Well, again, that, it, that, that's just a general thing. Um, yeah. Like, kind of like when, so like on the last episode I mentioned, or was it the last episode that I mentioned that the, the, the traumatic situation with our dog that yeah. was killed? Um, like, if I if I sit here and like really think about it right now, like I, I start to kind of like feel like my insides start to get like hot because I get like really mad or like I, and full of anger and, and anxious. But um. But yeah, like when I went to start seeing the therapist, because obviously I, I didn't know how to deal with that with that trauma and, and all of those feelings inside me, um, it definitely helped because it let me realize just overall, like when I first started talking about that, it was trying to figure that out. But then that stemmed into other things, mm -hmm. which um, a big thing for me is like I have a hard trouble um, dealing with situations that I can't control. So like oh, yeah. before we started recording, I mentioned all the fireworks outside. And I was jokingly saying I was full of rage, but I actually was kind of, I was actually pretty kind of mad because it's like, it's just like in the moment I was like annoyed. It's like, just, it's not even the fourth yet. Like, why are you doing fireworks? And it's also been going on for like a couple of weeks, random fireworks here and there. So I was legitimately actually mad because it's like, I can't control that. I can't go outside and just like rip the fireworks out of their hands, but I have to learn to be like, just, it's fine. It's happening in the moment. Oh, Daniel Freitas has control issues. <laughs> control. So, don't, so he gets triggered by the game controls. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, like those are things that you have to work through and figure out. And, you know, it, it helps with all sorts of things. Sometimes it's just one thing that's like connected to all these other things like a spider web. And once you figure that out, it definitely makes things easier. It doesn't necessarily go away, but it definitely helps. So, uh, um, but actually speaking of music, uh, James also asked... Um, your favorite uh, original soundtracks for games, OSTs. Okay, so I never listen to full soundtracks because I think most of the songs suck, but I'll just list <laughs> off a, a few songs, that, and they're usually the themes that I've really liked and I've gone back to. Um, I like Ori's theme. 
Yes. Or in the Blindfold Forest. I like music uh, in general, dude. Are you kidding me? Well, yeah, but it's a theme that I really just listen to. Mass yeah. Effect and Drama's theme is probably my favorite. Excuse me. And then the end credits of Deus Ex Mankind Divided, which was not on their soundtrack, but it was written by the guitarist from your trash band that you like. Oh, for God's uh, sakes. <laughs> you like that name. band, too. <laughs> I like one song by them. You should um, like more because they're fantastic. No, they're stupid, okay. Stupid, dumb idiot. But anyways, he he wrote it, and it's like this beautiful, like, kind of like tech, not techno, but like electronic, techni- electronic. Electronic, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, electronic yeah. song. And then he rips in with his, like, heavy guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so, it's so good. Like, I'm like, how do you not put that on the soundtrack? But they probably didn't want to pay him or something. Yeah, he's he said before, like, I've, I, like, was watching, like, something with him once, and he was mentioning how a lot of uh, the inspiration he gets is actually from the games that he plays. So he's super into games, which is cool, um, bringing that in. But, um, I mean, for me, I mean, Final Fantasy, obviously, like, literally the entire series um, just... The mu- Final Fantasy's music, and I mean to be fair, it's like it's a series that's been around for over 30 years. So you have such a large catalog to pull from. It's like it's kind of like a you know, it's not fair for any other series because they just have so many songs to even pick from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like just so many amazing songs. I, I want to point out just on Final Fantasy VII remake specifically, there's a new song on there. Um, it's called Ignition Flame. Um, it's actually the um, that dude on the motorcycle, Roach. It's actually yeah, his yeah. theme song, and it's the song that's playing when you actually like start um, when you're in that little base area and you, and you are confronting him. Mm-hmm. That song is just it's so sick, dude. There's like all these guitar like parts going on, and like it's just it's just so fast paced and just it's it's a really good song. Um, so and it's, it's a newer it's one. K rock, not K pop. Sure. Yes. I mean, there's no voices, there's no singing, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's a fantastic song. But yeah, like just pretty much Final Fantasy series. Honestly, most of most of the soundtracks that I like are RPG related. Like, Chrono Trigger has an amazing soundtrack. Chrono Cross. Oh, um, Dragon Age Inquisition also has a really good theme too. Yeah. Yeah, yep. a lot. A lot of the medieval fantasy games tend to have really good soundtracks. Um, Ori, like you said. Um, there's actually a, a beat 'em up game called River City Girls that takes place in the River uh, was it River City Ransoms um, universe mm-hmm. that came out I think earlier this year and that soundtrack on that game is actually pretty cool it's a it's a really fun game but it actually has a really fun uh, soundtrack as well so if like anyone's into like beat 'em up games like Castle Crashers um, that's the style of game that it is so if you have someone to play with give that a shot but also the music's really good so um, if anybody's like uh, into like the, if you've noticed the theme with all the songs that I picked, if you've heard them before, they're very like soft, violent, like orchestra. Yeah, type orchestral, songs. yeah, orchestral, yeah. Uh, and they're emotional. A lot of them are emotional. Oh, yeah. So I was just gonna mention if anybody's interested in the, like hearing more stuff like that, but it, it's not an actual video game soundtrack. There's a fearless motivation instrumentals, so it's no singing at all. They do a lot of those type of songs, and they're really good. Like they have really good albums where you just put them on, and it's just relaxing. It almost makes you feel like you're in a movie. So when yeah, I'm like yeah. running and the wind's like blowing against me, I'm like, I'm this ridiculously good-looking guy. <laughs> 
okay. running slow mo sure. in the wind. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But it's sort of action super... movie stuff. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I pull up stuff like that, orchestral, like epic orchestral soundtracks, things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I, I a good do one. that stuff. Um, and then actually the last question that, that which then stems into what you were mentioning. Uh, so from Lee Alexander, uh, next gen game pricing, uh, is $10 increase valid? And if so, what type of additional value do you expect for your purchase? Okay. I think, so. oh, I like how he added that on, at the end of the question. I like that. Yeah. Okay. So let's jump into this topic. And then if we have time for the other stuff, we will, if it goes on too long, cause we're already at a, like an hour right now, uh, or over an hour. Um, then uh, then we'll cut it and we'll just do it next week or something. Sure. Um, but let's talk about price increase for next gen. So here's the thing. This is why I said it's a little tricky right now because the reason why it's being brought up is basically NBA 2K21, they hadn't, I don't think they had officially announced it, but there was like leaks that were basically like, hey, the standard edition on Xbox One and PS4 is $60. The standard edition on the Xbox Series X and PS5 is priced at $69.99. At first, and I, I had a little conversation with Jose, he printed that, hey, that right. wasn't the standard, that was for the digital, which they do. They always usually have three tiers. They usually have a 60, 80, and 100. Right. He's like, oh, it's for the second tier game, 70. I was like, of course, games media being idiots. But actually, I think games media got it right, and that is, what it is is they are pricing for this gen 60 80 100 well actually i think they've only announced two uh Editions. versions of the game yeah and that's 60 and 100 and then for next gen they've only announced the 70 and then which is the standard edition 70 dollars yeah. price tag standard edition but if you buy the hundred dollar edition on the current gen you get the standard version of it on next gen. Sure. So basic, if you want to upgrade to current gen, you don't just pay a $10 upgrade. You have to upgrade to the Mamba version, which is a hundred dollar version. So you would, if you bought, so this is getting to get confusing because they got to do it stupid. So if you have an Xbox one and you want to play it day one on Xbox one, and you just want to buy the standard edition, you don't want to buy Mamba $100 version, that's $60. But then if you get an Xbox Series X, and you're like, well, I still play NBA 2K21, I want to upgrade. You can't just upgrade for $10 as far as it's been announced. You have to then upgrade to that Mamba version, or you have to pay the $70 outright. But most people would just upgrade to the Mamba version, which is another $40. So in the end, you're actually still paying $100 for the game. Hmm. Um, so your options are essentially 60, 70, or 100, but the 100 is the only one that carries over to the next gen. Um, so I thought that was really ridiculous. Um, I also yeah. don't think NBA, while it's very popular, I don't think it's the game to, to come out here and, and say, hey, we're, we're asking for a price hike. And here's why I say this. This is why this is a little confusing, because everybody's jumping on, well, if NBA's doing it, everybody's doing it. Well, if that's true then why do we have Cyberpunk 2077 coming out saying our game is priced $60, and if you buy it now for Xbox One or PS4, you can upgrade to the next gen yeah. free. You only pay $60. You don't have to pay $70. So that's not a price hike. And it's not like this was 
whenever there's going to be a price hike, normally it's a all games business decision. It's not one company saying, hey, we're going to stop charging 60 for our game. We're going to charge 70. I mean, generally, yeah. Yeah, generally it's, it's in the past, everybody yeah. agreeing that they need to price hike this. So yeah. I thought it was a little weird that NBA 2K21 is the one sparking this, but when you have other franchises already saying, go ahead and buy our game at 60 bucks, and we'll upgrade you for free. So I don't know. I don't understand why they're doing it. Um, well, I mean, that's like I so like I was saying, generally in the past, that's how it's been. But like things have like gotten so different and and the past few years, even just this gen, this one gen, things have gotten so different from the beginning to like the well, end. Because here. nobody, it's not how it used to be. Where even though your comp, your competitors, you still work together in the overall scheme to keep yeah. everything in balance, right? Like. What if the PS4 came out at the power it was, but the Xbox One came out with the power of the Xbox One X at launch? Hmm. Xbox would have killed Sony. So there's still like a balance where I don't think they get in a room and go, how powerful are you going to be? Uh, okay. But I think there's like, there's something already that established that you can't go too high. You can't do this. Same thing with games. Like, hey, let's keep, most games at 60 let's do like if we're gonna make a shift let's all shift together but that's the power of a console when it comes to the money the cost of a game i think that takes into different factors because each game is going to cost different amounts of money to make um i think indies have like progressively i know you hate or actually you love indies right you love them oh, yeah. um <laughs> <laughs> they've gotten progressively more popular and there's more there's more they're actually they're increasing their prices they've yeah. been doing it all gen like you said and it they, depends. most indies yeah. came out at anywhere from 10 to 20 bucks and a lot of them stay at that 20 but there's a lot of them that are like no yeah, let's, let's push it to 30 like even like ori uh, i don't know if it's considered really indie anymore i mean it just looks like an indie type game but the it's first like one a came out open world game. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. The first one came out at twenty. The second one came out at thirty. Okay. It plays exactly the same. They they didn't change anything. Like it it's it's just what a more established franchise. The first one was unknown twenty bucks. Second time they knew there was popularity on their side. Yeah. Plus they were giving it away on Game Pass. So I think they were like, if you want to own it, we're going to try to get a little more extra money out of you because a lot of people are just going to play it through Game Pass like I do. And I love Ori. So at some point, I'm going to buy it to support it and just so I can say I own that game. But um, but yeah, I, there was still a price hike. My point is, is that it's weird that going into the next gen, you have some major companies uh, and I think Cyberpunk 2077, I haven't played it, but being that I played The Witcher 3, if anybody has the right to say our game, we believe our value is $100 and still get people to buy it, it would be CD Projekt Red. Yeah. I mean, I don't, don't I'm do not it. I'm not in the world of 2K. Like, I don't play the 2K games. I don't follow them. But I've heard the past few iterations and over the past few years, like, they've been real stingy with that series as far as, like, how they charge like the stuff that's, in the game right that's what i and again i'm gonna say this because if you listen to me the last three four years that i've been recording on podcasts 
I rarely side with consum- consumers because I think consumers are whiny brats who don't like critically think and think about the business side. But they'll be the first ones to complain when a company goes out of uh, got, goes out of business and all their employees lose their job. Well, how do you think you keep them with the job? You charge more. So I usually side with businesses. But my issue with 2K um, doing this is they're the last company that has the right to do this. Mm. They literally have the, I would say, on this franchise. Because here's why I say that. This franchise, while they make the best NBA games, they don't revolutionize or change each one. Now, I get it, and I always support sports games. It's like Madden, right? You can only change so much. You're still playing the same sport. But I will say this, they do get stagnant and they do it for like two or three years and then they'll make a huge change. They're charging every year $60 to 70 now for a game, right? And then inside that game, and this is what Dan was talking about, they have their their story mode and their my team modes that all encourage you to pay extra money outside of that standard 60, 70 or $100 that you spent. Uh-huh. That that keeps you playing. My son has been playing NBA 2K20 for, and I'm not exaggerating, the last four months straight, and we're talking hundreds and hundreds of hours. And yeah. he's asked for money multiple times. Now I shut him down. <laughs> I did buy him like we had the standard version. Yeah. And then when I saw the hundred dollar version was twenty five dollars, I bought him the twenty five dollar version. Because I didn't own it digital, I owned a disc. So I bought him the hundred dollar version for twenty five. So he now owns it digitally, and it gave him his hundred thousand in VC. It gave him all these digital perks. Currency. He, yeah. Yes, that he wants. So they already make a killing off that. So they can't come to me, and this is going to be the next argument I'm going to get into. They cannot come to me and say hey, our costs to make these games are more expensive, so we need to charge $10 to support our business to make sure we can keep our NBA 2K employees employed. No, no, buddy, you can't, because here's why. You already charge $60 for something you don't change that much. And second of all, you also have all throughout that season that people are playing NBA 2K games before they upgrade to the next one, do you have people consistently playing just like destiny and all that they're grinding and they're yeah. paying out of the pocket to to stay relevant to get the player that they want to do all these things with whether it's their my player or their my team and it's ridiculous because you're making a ton of money the only time i would support a price increase this is me personally mm-hmm. is if you are making the last of us 2 or cyberpunk 277 a standalone game that doesn't have microtransactions that is also not trying to get you to keep coming back for a year. Now, the counter argument, because I already know how the internet works, is, well, why would I pay $80 for a game I'm only going to experience once for 20 or 30 hours? Uh, we'll use the last of two as an example. For th- sure. 30 hours, but I pay $60 for Destiny 3 that I'm going to play for the next year. Because those games have all these little nickel and dime systems yeah. built into they, it. They have more return exactly. throughout their lifespan. The Last of Us 2, and this is where we get into Sean Layden. So I'll brief people before I start giving uh, my opinion on it. 
and then obviously I've been talking for a long time. You can chime in too. Well, I have some quotes I can throw out there. So. Okay, so go ahead and explain Sean Layden throughout the quotes. So Sean Layden, who um, is actually the for- – and I, it was so abrupt when it happened. He's the former chairman of Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studios. Um, he departed last year after uh, almost 32 years at the company. Uh, he basically said um, – or he's calling for shorter games that are cheaper to make. So essentially he's saying games are just getting too expensive to make – um, one of the quotes here, uh, major AAA games in the current generation go anywhere from $80 million to $150 million or more to build, and that's before marketing. It's a huge upfront cost. Extended over time, it takes three, four, or five years to build a game while you're not getting any return on the investment. Um, you just continue to pay into it looking for the big payoff at the end. I don't think in the next generation you can take those numbers and multiply them by two and expect the industry to continue to grow. I so. agree with him. And so he actually used, I know you didn't read it there, he actually used The Last of Us as an example. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and one of his quotes, and that is he explained that The Last of Us 2 is almost double the length. It's not quite, but it's pretty close to double the length yeah. of The Last of Us. It's also bigger, and it took double the time and money to create The Last of Us 2. Yet, yeah. and this is his point, it's completely valid. The Last of Us, the first one, was sold for $60, and The Last of Us 2, which is double in everything, as far as what Sony and all of them paid out, is $60. Yeah. So he's then questioning the logic of, well, why would Neil Druckmann and Naughty Dog and Sony and all of them continue to invest all this up front? Even though we all know The Last of Us 2 is a success. We already know that. Yeah. The point he's making is from a business perspective, and it totally right. makes sense. Why would you do that if you're selling it for the same cost as you did seven years ago? Yeah. And you made probably more because again he's talking about returning on your investment so if he get if he gives you five dollars he's giving you that five dollars in hopes that you'll give him ten dollars back in a year so that's what it's all about it's they're investing and then he wants a high return so obviously the last of us the first one had a higher return on an investment the second one while it's probably going to end up being more successful probably going to outsell the first one might not have as high a return of investment because of the upfront cost and the cost, yeah. obviously, even beyond the upfront cost, because it still costs to to market it and all that stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. as we as we got to launch, so you're talking a ton of money out of pocket. So that means it's a high risk, and that's why when you have when you're dealing with a lot of entitled gamers who don't want to pay more, and you have this straight. Everybody charges 60. The only time you charge more than 60 is if it's special. And the only time you charge less than 60 is your your way of not acknowledging, but still acknowledging or non-verbally acknowledging that your game is lesser quality than a $60 AAA game. Yeah. Um, and, and I think at the end of the day, and this is where we've already saw with this gen people going outside of the norm and doing their own thing. I think you're going to see it this gen where companies are going to be like, uh, we charge whatever we want to charge. We think this is an $80 game. The yeah. part that's going to get tricky is if you come out before reviews and you say, 
my game is worth $100. My game is worth $80. And we're not talking special edition. We're talking standard edition game. People are already going to be like, I'm not paying $80 for that unless he gets a 10. So that's yeah, where well, you... People already do that now. And $60, I mean, if you if you take uh, inflation into consideration, like $60 is actually not even that bad. When you yeah. when you go back to uh, Super Nintendo, those, the, the, those games, there were games that were $80 then. Yeah. And that was Super Nintendo. Yep. How, I mean, how many years ago was that? And and we were spending technically twenty dollars. And to be again, fair, because you got to have counterpoints to that. The reason they were charging eighty is because they didn't sell a million dollars or a million sure. games and like. Sure. So they had to charge they fluctuated. more. The exactly. prices fluctuate because I've seen I've seen um like screenshots of old like I don't know. Do you remember Leechmere? Because no. I know you lived up here. Well, it was like a chain of stores, almost like. Like Bradley's, I don't know if you remember Bradley's, but, um, but then, then you know, um, catalogs of you know, here's the games and the prices, and and yeah. it'd be like a seventy dollar game and an eighty dollar game and a sixty. Oh yeah, game, I had a Toys R Us. I used to go to Toys R Us yeah. all the time, and then I'd have their little um, advertisements, and I would stare at. It was especially when Mortal Kombat 2 was coming out. Yeah. The pricing of games and Mortal Kombat 2 was like 80, 85. and they weren't all exactly. consistent. If it was a really popular title, they would charge you ten, fifteen dollars yeah. more. Some would be sixty or seventy, others would be eighty yeah. to ninety dollars. And, and you see that goes, and that goes back to what you were saying earlier, because this was this was in the nineties, yeah. and then just for for you know at some point, sixty dollars was just like all right, so sixty dollars, and that's what we're doing. And here only in the U.S., not even uh, across the world. That's, so that's completely different across the world. Like oh yeah, Canada already pays seventy, yeah. eighty bucks. Australia, the games there are very expensive. Like you know. So here's my thing. Here's my thought process on this. The the scary part about them raising prices, and I think this is for the industry. So I'm not even talking about for consumers. Uh, consumers, it's scary because hey, I gotta pay more. But the ultimate goal is they wanted us to be addicted to video games. Let's all be honest. If you're listening to the show, there's some sort of an addiction you have. It might not be extreme, but you have some addiction. It's not just, oh, kind of love games. Oh, you're addicted. You I want disagree to... a little bit, but continue. That's fine. <laughs> I believe there's an addiction there. Their goal is for you to buy more than one or two games a year. Sure. If they price things too high and they just try to justify it by saying, hey, guys, we're putting out – Ultimately, people are going to buy less. Do you get what I'm saying? So if, if you average, I'll use me as an example. Uh, I'm going to lower my numbers because my numbers are way higher. But if I average 20 games a year, 20 brand new $60 per game a year, if you up it to 80, I guarantee you naturally I'm going to drop down to 10 to 15 a year. That means I'm going to choose not to buy 5 to 10 games. That impacts the entire industry. It might not impact certain games that I buy every year because they're the same ones and they're popular. I do that. But something's getting left out. And I'm just one person. If you then multiply that by millions and millions of gamers, you're losing millions and millions of sales. Are you following what I'm saying here? So my point I'm trying to make is they have to be careful how high they raise the price because while it may not cut into some games, it might cut into the industry as a whole because you're going too high and you're cutting out people wanting to buy as many games. And that was my point in the addiction thing is you have people that are like me that are like, I got to own like 150 games a year. And then you have some people that are like, I play Call of Duty. Yeah. 
I pay oh, sixty dollars yeah. a year. I don't. I, I even pay a hundred because I only buy Call of Duty and I buy the the season pass. So there are varying varying degrees, but their ultimate goal is to get us all addicted to all come back and to buy different types of games. They don't want just Call of Duty gamers. They don't want just sports gamers. They don't just want single player gamers. They want us to want to play all these games. And if you get where your prices are too high then you're cutting out at some point you cut out like even for me because there's just more games so i'm not even talking about price because prices as dan we just discussed have already been cut we went from 80 to 60. we actually were at 40 at one point with like the ps2 i think i paid 40 dollars like uh, 40 and 50. there was twisted middle yeah, games yeah, yeah, yeah. Three, like i think some of the the first party were 40 and then i think the regular price was 50. yeah um, so there was already like a cut like from 80 to yeah yeah to, why because they wanted more people to buy the consoles oh. more people to buy the game they were also so, putting game on discs i think that was a factor too cartridges were more expensive to make games on and put games onto than discs so agreed agreed and it was just back then it was less popular yeah. Um, now we're way more popular, which is what they want. I'm just saying the the risk that they're running, and this is why you don't want NBA 2K just doing this on their own. It needs to be standardized. Like, hey, standard games need to stay at 60, or standard games need to 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 go to 70. But if they're gonna go to 70, we're gonna have to change up what we're giving the gamer. Like, we're gonna give them the game, but we need to start giving them a little more. Plus, we can still, because if we give them a little bit more, and this is what Lee was asking, like, hey, if they're going to raise the price, yeah. are they going to do anything to adjust that? Because if you're going to expect me to pay $70 per game, and then you're going to throw microtransactions, and upgrades, and all this stuff that you want me yeah. to purchase, I'm going to have trouble justifying that. Because I already, while I think $60, and I agree with you, is not that much for a game. Not yeah. what we're getting. Triple like, A game, like, yeah. When I played The Last of Us 2, I've already put almost 60 hours into that game. Sure. I, I gave them a dollar an hour. Yeah. That's like a dollar an hour. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> not much for what they gave me. And it's nah. not – people that do that, the one-to-one, -one, like, time and money, one-to-one. -one, yeah. It's all about the value yeah. you're getting at it. That is top-tier value that they gave me for a dollar an hour or if somebody just played it once two dollars an hour well so that goes into because again Layden, the main thing he was saying shorter games that are cheaper to make so like what his shtick is with this with this interview is he's saying he would like to see games return to like the 12 15 hour range because what he's saying is if the game is shorter therefore not only does it take less time to make but should cost less to make as well so then you're seeing more games they're costing less on the developer and they're not having to do all that overtime and, and mistreating their employees, making them basically not see their family ever. Cause that, that was a, a whole, whole thing going on at Naughty Dog actually. And, um, again, and Rockstar. So there's a counter to that and that's your entitled gamers. And this is not me blowing it up and, and uh, pretending like this is a bigger issue. Than it is you go on any site that talks about, a potential game coming out, especially if somebody doesn't know anything about it, the how long it is and how much it is, they treat it as one to one. Sure. So if if somebody's going to pay seventy dollars or sixty, let's say it stays sixty, 
$60. They always ask, how long is the game? Well, this one we made 12 hours. But the, the previous one was 25. I know, we're trying to cut costs. Sure. Okay, well, I'll wait until it's 30. So it equals out, and you're going to get that a lot. And that's it's even ter more terrible on new IPs. Do I think we need both? Do I get his point? Yeah, I actually agree with his point because well, I've I think, got the, I think that's but, why it's good to fluctuate, though. So I think that's why it, it, it's going to make sense, and it actually can work and, and be smart if you have fluctuating prices. Is If all of these companies are saying, our game costs this, our game costs that, based off of them really streamlining how long it takes for these games to make, making sure they're not, like, you know, making these employees, like, you know, just working them to the bone, like work the exact amount of time you need to work, make this, make the game a little shorter and maybe they'll actually stay within a reasonable cost. I think that could work because if the games are shorter or it, let's say, let's say you actually even go beyond 12, 15, because maybe some people that's just too short. They want closer to 2025. Um, you could probably yeah, still keep it at shorter. $60. I'm going to interrupt you real quick on that shorter thing, because the shorter you make it, that means you really can't create an open world game. And you go, yeah, you can. Well, sure. No, you really can't, no. because if you create an open world game, even if you shorten the main story, you still have to fill it with comp uh, a content. Like ex a good example is Mafia 2 mm -hmm. is an open world game that has nothing in it that even intrigues you to explore the open world. I was fine with it. Why? Because... First of all, the game was dated. I just wanted to experience the story. But it was mainly a, a linear game set in an open world. But if you want, like, like you've got games like GTA 5, nobody can make a GTA 6 and make a 10, 12-hour story. And yeah. even if you do make a 10, 12-hour story, you still have to fill the game, the world, with content. So there's this desire for open world games that's still strong. I think it's a good mixture. I think we are getting more open games than we are getting linear games, but I think there's a good mixture. But I, I think, I think that, I think that stems into, so you're saying the open world, but then that's why I'm saying you could, you could go, we can go into this gen, right? And you can start letting all these, these big boys who want to make their big games, like the next Assassin's Creed, that game's going to be huge. So let that be $70. I think that's acceptable because that game's going to be like 50, 60, 100 hours. But then Last of Us Part 3 comes out, and let's say that's around the same amount of time as this one, 25-ish hours. Yeah. I think it they could maybe... And I mean, again, I guess it, it really depends also on how much money they're spending during development and how long it takes. But they could maybe then charge 60 still. It depends. I don't know. But I think you can have that that range going where depending on how long the game is how much it costs to make the game i mean i don't at know the end so of the day, at the end of the day none of these companies invest what and that's something sean didn't touch on none of them invest as much as they're investing up front unless they're very secure that they're going to get it back and not a single company or game that we've talked about has gone out of business why they're obviously making more than what they're investing and most of them are making double to triple, if not higher, what they invested. So it's still safe. The point he's making is, hey, we're getting a little out of hand. Like everything's getting, it's going to get bigger. Yeah. But guess what? Gaming as a, like a medium has gotten bigger. Like it's more and more popular. It's becoming more and more norm. Yeah. So you can get away with it. What will happen 
and this it's is going to be more expensive do. though on the business side well they're going to stop it here's what i mean it's all going to naturally happen again i don't disagree with anything sean said yeah but it's going to naturally happen and what i mean by that is they're going to test the waters and they're going to see especially with these current gen games if they charge more and they see a decrease in sales they're going to stop they're going to go back to the standard price if they pay the, if they if they do de, uh, increase it but see normal sales but they're getting carried away with their their upfront costs they're going to cut it back as the generation goes that's what they're going to do that's what these people do they they project for the the for the future and when they do that analyze and project all, everything they start to figure out okay we can't just double the budget on the last of us three okay it's got to stay at the same budget how do we do it what do we cut what do we do how do we get it smaller and then they'll start working on those things they're going to naturally do this i don't think it needs to be drastic i think the bigger issue right now because we're getting sidetracked and i like the discussion because i i do think sean layton had good points is i think the question of is it okay for them to price increase right now yeah, if everybody's doing it, and then if they don't get the response they want, meaning gamers stop buying the games, then they can adjust it. But I really think it was dumb on on 2K21's part with sure. with limited knowledge that I have. Obviously, if other companies are going to come out and say our standard price is 70, okay, then 2K21 wasn't being stupid. But when you've only heard about uh, smart delivery, all this stuff for games that are supposed to come out before next gen. But I'm going to tell you right now, Cyberpunk 2077, if it comes out before next gen, it's going to be like a day. It's not, it's going to be a week at most. It's not, it's not like somebody's going to buy it on the Xbox One or the PS4 and then buy a PS5 and Xbox Series X and have to wait like months and years. It's coming out in the same month. So they're essentially paying $60 for a next-gen game is my point. Mm -hmm. So they have already established we're not charging 70 Why would NBA 2K21 think they can get away with that when clearly Cyberpunk 2077 is offering more, even if it's a shit game, they're still offering more. They're offering a longer story experience. You go, well, NBA is not a story. They have a story mode. And again, I already said, CD, CD Project Red, they create this one-time thing that you can go back to if you want, but they don't continue like nickeling and diming you. NBA 2K21 does. So if anybody has the least amount of right to do this, is a game that already nickels and dimes you. Yeah. And they have systems built into their game, and I've actually experienced it. So it's not me just going, oh, you're being dramatic, or just jumping on the bandwagon. I've experienced their grind. And their grind, for the most part, is BS. Like, they force you to play a lot. I'm talking hundreds and hundreds of hours yeah. to upgrade your character. My son has spent a lot of money outside of that game. And his individual character, his my player, is still not even a level 99. His yeah. overall level. It's, it's like a 91. So he still has room to improve. So sure. he'd either have to grind because it gets the grinding gets harder as you go. Of course. For probably hundreds and hundreds of more hours, or he just has to pay a ton of money. Of and course. it's it's ridiculous. So 
I don't like that it's NBA 2K21 doing it. I would have been more okay with it if Cyberpunk 2077 said, hey, we're going to charge $60 on current gen. We're gonna, we are going to charge a $10 upgrade fee. I would have totally been like, that's cool. And if The Last of Us 2, if Neil Druckmann's like, hey, we're going to we're gonna release a PC, PS5 version. It's going to be more frames per second. It's going to be higher resolution, native 4K. But we're going to charge $10, $10 for an upgrade. You guys cool with that? Yeah. I would have been cool with it. But I'm not okay with yeah. uh, standardizing it on, especially a game that has no right doing that, or saying, "Well, oh, you can have it on next gen, not have to pay more. You just have to buy the hundred dollar version." You're forcing people to. <laughs> when spend. I um when I made that post on on the the Facebook group, and then John John Martin in there being all sassy, being all like, "Oh, all these people supporting this decision is ridiculous." I mean, I'll, he said other things, but I'm just kind of, you know. Bare bone, bare bone. Shorter yeah. version of shortening his it, yes. Um, but I'm, I'm, I am fine with it as long as they're taking that and reinvesting it into the into the developers and making sure that they can keep them where they need to keep them to have the game be the quality that it needs to be. If things are gonna start costing more money to make games, if if like the process becomes more expensive to make these games for these newer machines, mm -hmm. um then I'm okay with that $10 price hike. I mean, it's freaking $10. Like, to me, that's not a huge thing. Um, and then maybe even as that the next, that gen progresses and, and things get cheaper, because I mean, like consoles, for example, start getting cheaper to make as the years go on. So they then slash the price. So then maybe like, you know, you start off the gen at 70 and then like a lot of them start going back to 60, like, yeah. You know, I, I think as long as there's like an actual legitimate reason for it and they're being honest about it, then it's like I can support that because, again, if it's just ten dollars, that's fine. If it was like suddenly these games are thirty dollars more expensive, it's like, whoa, that's that's a big let's jump. be honest. Most you know? of us have not for a long time paid sixty dollars for every single game we bought. And there's yeah. a lot of factors in that. There's Amazon Prime discount. I had Best Buy games unlocked or whatever it was yeah um gc whatever it was um i had that for a long time i'm now a pc gamer i get every game 20 to 25 dollars cheaper than what most people pay so we've been getting games for 40 to 50 dollars consistently we also have reward systems built in like for instance i paid zero dollars for the last of us two I had $30 in rewards and Tim gave me 30 bucks because he paid half. Why was he able to pay half? Because they have a system built in their games that allowed me to share with him. So I'm already getting half off on every major release that both him and I agree on. And then also I get rewards for buying the games. Um, so there's a lot of things like that that people choose to ignorantly ignore when they know they're benefiting from it that we get that cut the costs on our end as well so yes businesses a lot of games are getting into the nickel and diamond but i will say this gamers are speaking out and i'm not talking verbally they are actually doing it with their white wallets and that is um we are buying single player games that are like one and done and i yeah. think it's a lot for us i'm talking about hardcore gamers we like it because we don't like being stuck on one game forever. Yeah. Like, I know my brother was like, you know, I just play WoW forever. You 
you console gamers, like he would get excited about <laughs> yeah. like Destiny or expansions Anthem. and yeah, yeah, thinking that we're all gonna play with him, and we all quit after like two weeks because we're right. like, yeah, we got, I beat the story in Anthem, I'm done. Yeah. You know, with Destiny, I stuck with it, but I didn't play Destiny every day. I would play it, beat whatever expansion, whatever, maybe grind a little bit, and then I moved on to the next story game. So console gamers in general are not just stuck on one game. We like to go from game to game. So we like those single-player experiences because we beat it, we move on, we feel satisfied. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's that's a big part of this too is I think – if you're going to pay more, it's fine. You just have to justify why and be honest, like you said about it. Don't yeah. just say, oh, because of cost of front, but you're charging microtransactions that you know you're getting money. Yeah. Like Assassin's Creed Odyssey is a single player game. It has microtrans- yeah. microtransactions. Everywhere. Last of Us Part 3, you can charge me $70 if clearly the, the, the consistency of quality from Naughty Dog is there, which it is. But if you're 2K charging 70 for your basketball game and you're trying to make me pay for player cards or whatever they do, I know, or I think FIFA does like cards or something that you can they buy. They all do. They all yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. All those sports games. If you're going to do that and charge 70 and then on top of that, even more money in the game, you can, you can go suck a bag of, you know what? So. <laughs> all right. So we'll cut it off there. We were going to talk about Ghost of Tsushima, but we're not going to talk about it. Uh, we're it's going to be amazing. That's, that's what, there you go. Yeah. We're, Just play we'll the talk about it maybe next week with Tim, start doing like a preview of maybe hype level and stuff like that. But that's a wrap for this show. We're not going to do any dumb questions that Tim likes to ask. Shout out to Tim if you made it this far. We don't miss you. We did fine without you. This show was actually pretty awesome. And yeah, that's it. I mean, we went a little long in the teeth, as they say, but that's fine. Oh, yeah. Tim, if Tim actually listens, he'll be like, this is why I have to be on the show. <laughs> Derek okay. will go on for like yep. four hours. He's going to yeah, talk about did. TVs for like 45 minutes. And, uh, and you know, he's just going to keep talking about all the P's and K's. And, uh, you know. Yeah. So I hope you guys actually made it to here. But if you didn't, suck it. Do you have any words of wisdom, Derek? No, that was it. All right. Clicking. I stop. Now. I have word of wisdom. Uh, Hamilton still sucks. Hamilton is trash. Here we go! Well, I do seem to attract the scum of the earth. Yeah, that sounds about right. Watch out! (laughs) Boy, you are not ready. Pikachu! Do what you were born to do. You are a hero. Finishing this fight.